0: Good morning. Good to see y'all. It's good to be back. I enjoy being here uh, with y'all. And uh, I'm Jeff Ross. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Roswell and uh, looking forward to today. Thanks for braving the rain and, and coming out. Um, our uh, scripture today is uh, talking about an a, a event in Jesus' life, the transfiguration. Uh, and that's a fun uh, word uh, to talk about something that happened to Jesus. And so we're going to look at that today, why that's important, why that event is always the Sunday before Ash Wednesday in the beginning of Lent, how that's connected, uh, and uh, how that flows in the course of the Christian year and why that's important uh, to help us sort of uh, begin this season of Lent together. So we're going to start with our scripture passage from Luke chapter 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. While he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. And his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which was about to be accomplished in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing uh, what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent in those days and told no one uh, any of the things they had seen. God had his blessing. Let's go into just a time of prayer. I know that uh, as we come to worship today uh, on Transfiguration Sunday, Uh, And the beginning of Lent that that's not the only thing that's going on in our lives with the news of what's happened in Ukraine and Russia Um, and as uh, folks gather all over the world today uh, for church, let's join our hearts in prayers uh, for that situation. God, we give you thanks for the the chance to be here even on a rainy Sunday uh, because we worship in safety and freedom and and we recognize that that's not true in many parts of the world. Um, we pray, stand with uh, both people in Ukraine and so many people in Russia that are also speaking out against what's taking place. And we just pray, God, your mercy, your grace, your strength, your wisdom for leaders, your uh, guidance for all the players involved, and seek your, uh, seek your mercy your uh, and comfort during this time. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, um, Transfiguration Sunday—that—that—that's uh, always been sort of a kind of a puzzle to me. The—the um, uh, uh, the story that we just read. Uh, Jesus goes up on the mountain. Elijah and Moses are up there, Uh, Peter and James and John are up there, uh, and they're all looking around, and all of a sudden Jesus starts glowing, and um, uh, then uh, this cloud comes, and then uh, Moses and Elijah are gone, God speaks. Uh, Peter and James and John have to be terrified, frightened, and uh, trying to figure out what's going on. And so, Jesus comes down from the mountain, uh, some reports that he's still glowing, uh, and so that, uh, that story is reminiscent of a story of Moses way back in the 34th chapter of Exodus. And so, what I want to try to do today is to walk us through this liturgical year. Why, why Transfiguration Sunday, right before Lent? And, uh, and then back up a little bit to get to that, why Christ the King Sunday right before Advent. Uh, and all of this has to do with the liturgical year. Uh, and that liturgical year, the Christian year, uh, is set up to help us understand God better and understand ourselves better. So my hope today Is to kind of frame all this so that as we enter this season of Lent, which I think is super important, uh, that you'll have uh, at least a little bit of stuff to kind of investigate, study, look at, and try to figure out. So who am I? What's God calling me to? uh, And how do I fit into all of this? Kind of where uh, we're going. Okay? Does that sound fun? Uh, Yeah, good. 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 Uh, I hope it is. I hope it's informative, but I also hope that it kind of helps us prepare our hearts, and our minds, our spirits uh, for this really important time that we're about to enter. So let's go back to, to Advent, Christmas. Christ the King Sunday is always the last Sunday of the Christian year. It's at the end of November, and it's the, the last Sunday of the year, and it talks about Jesus as king. Well, and then we have Advent, and you know that the story of Advent is a little bit of a weird story for a king. Uh, Jesus is uh, uh, brought on the scene, not in a traditional sort of kingly powerful way, and that's the whole point of the story and the whole point of understanding that and looking at that and the reason that we look at it year after year after year after year after year because we, we miss that and we move on to other things and we have to be reminded to come back to it. Everywhere we look, we want somebody of great power to rescue us, right? We want, uh, we, we look at our governments, we look at uh, 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 b- b- people, we look at friends, we look at uh, spouses, we look at uh, uh, influencers uh, to rescue us, to help us out. And so the the people in the Bible are no different. Uh, They were expecting a great king to do what they couldn't, to come in and wipe out the Romans uh, and to set up this great kingdom in which we would all be safe and happy and prosperous. Right? That's what they were expecting for the Messiah. So Christ the King Sunday is uh, sort of a predecessor of that to introduce this king that's way different than what we expect, and not only in Jesus' time, but in our time too, we still want God to rescue us. We still want God to come and do this great thing. We still want God to to, uh, take away all the bad stuff and just replace it with good stuff. After all, God's God. God could do that, so why isn't God doing that? And so we're reminded every year when we go through Advent, that Jesus is a different kind of king. He's a servant king. And he makes that point over and over and over that he came to serve. He came to uh, rescue us from our sin. He came to die on the cross for our sins so that we might live, so that we could be uh, uh, servants and uh, kind, generous, hopeful, helpful people in the world today. Uh, All of the things that Jesus does, tying the uh, uh, towel around his waist at the Last Supper washing the disciples' feet, uh, telling us that the the last will be first and the first will be last. All of those things are what Jesus means by being in charge, in power. It's not a physical power where I beat you up into submission, but it's an act of love in which we serve and help and guide and lead other folks. And so... In the liturgical year, in the wisdom of the church leaders, that's something we need reminded of every year, every year, because we get all caught up in our heads about, well, we want this person to do this, or we want those folks to do that, or we want somehow the world to be right. This side of heaven, we're just going to always have conflicts. Just like what's going on in Russia, I mean, in Ukraine right now, we're always going to have struggles and battles and people trying to assert their strength and and values over other folks and try to intimidate and push people around. We're just always going to have that. So when we look to each other, a government, a power to rescue us, we need to be reminded that our hope, our salvation Deliverance doesn't come from an earthly entity. It comes from God, and so we need to be careful where we put our hope and our trust. So, that's what Christ the King Sunday and then Advent remind us of every year, and that's what we celebrate. And even though we are reminded of it every year, we still struggle to live into that, right? And so... In the liturgical Christian year, we have Advent, we have a little break, and then we have Lent. And so that brings us to Transfiguration Sunday. Transfiguration Sunday is a great story of Jesus up on the mountain, he's glowing. And he comes down from the mountain, and the first thing he does is he heals a young child. And that's significant because the story of Jesus glowing transfiguration on the mountain mirrors a story in the Old Testament. And that story is in the 34th chapter of Exodus in the story of Moses. And Moses goes up on the mountain, spends all this time with God, getting the Ten Commandments. And when he comes down from the mountain in the 34th chapter of Exodus, he's glowing. Uh, So much so that uh, some of his friends come up to him and go, Moses, you're glowing. (laughs) Put this veil across your face so people aren't scared to death of you. You look really weird. You look really strange. Nobody's going to listen to you if you look like this big freak. And so... uh, Moses uh, puts the veil on and he talks, uh, talks to folks, but what, what gets mistranslated and why Transfiguration Sunday is important is because Moses is carrying the Ten Commandments, two big stone tablets, and he brings those down from the mountain and he presents them to people. And again, people are looking for something that they can latch on to. We're always looking for something we can latch on to. All through the Old Testament, the struggle is that people are worshiping idols, something they can hold, something they can touch, something they can wrap their arms around them, something they can see. A couple of chapters later, uh, Moses is gone again, and they make this golden cow. Uh, because they got all this gold, and they want something they can see and touch to worship. They're nervous about a God that's up in the clouds, and they can't see. And so Moses comes down, uh, back to the, the, the story, with these tablets, and it's the Ten Commandments. And the place where folks get sideways is the Ten Commandments become more important than anything else. And all through the rest of the Old Testament, rules and laws are added to the Ten Commandments. The church becomes this obsessive uh, creation about rules and laws to the point that people are, are worshiping Or are focused on the rules and the laws, so much so that when Jesus comes, uh, the rules and laws of the Jewish uh, faith are so burdensome, nobody can follow it. And all through Jesus' ministry, Jesus is trying to say, look, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself and that's really all of the law is summed up into that. We've become, we've become so focused on rules and laws as a way of telling people what to do and as a way of figuring out for ourselves that we're doing the right thing. So how do I live out my faith? How do I go about my every day? How do I know if I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing in the way I live my life? Well, I follow the rules. I follow the Ten Commandments. Uh, I follow the the laws of the church. Uh, I do what people tell me to do. I do what I, my Sunday school teacher tells me, my parents, my teacher. I follow all of these rules. It's reminiscent, isn't it, of the story of the... Uh, Uh, The prodigal son, the prodigal son goes off, he's a mess, uh, he he doesn't obey any of the rules, uh, and he's welcomed back by his father. And then the son, who has tried to do everything that he can to follow the rules, is so upset. Now, why is he upset? because following the rules hasn't brought him the joy and the hope and the wonder of the world and the love of everybody in the kingdom that he thought it would. I've followed the rules, but I'm still frustrated. I'm still angry. I'm still mad. I'm still not getting along with my family. I'm still not in the place that I want to be. I've followed the rules, but it's not working out the way that I thought it was supposed to. And so, Moses brings these laws down, and because our human nature is such that we want something concrete to latch on. Did I do the right thing? Did I act the right way? Did I treat that person? Look at how Jesus uh, has the conversation with the lawyer Uh, Who is my neighbor? Uh, what must I do to be saved? Uh, tell me exactly the steps that I need to follow. If you look around at all the self-help stuff today, it's all full of steps. The seven steps to this, the ten steps to that. Do these steps, do these things, and your life will be great. Well, no, it won't. <laughs> because life isn't meant to be about following just rules rules are important they give guidance they create boundaries but rules point us to what it is that we're supposed to be doing and that's what Lent is about long way to get back to that right so Transfiguration Sunday mirrors what happened with Moses in bringing down the law except as Jesus is glowing and has this experience with God God says to the group on the mountain, this is my son. Listen to him. Pay attention. Watch him. And what Jesus does is not bring a bunch of laws, but Jesus brings relationship. He comes down from the mountain. He encounters a child that the disciples have been trying to heal. They can't heal him. Jesus heals him. Um, Because that's important, the relationship that Jesus has with his disciples and with you and me. It's not about rules, except generally how rules help create boundaries of who and what we're supposed to be about. And so during Lent with this Sunday today, Transfiguration Sunday, as a reminder that our faith and loving God, following God, isn't about law-keeping. It's about relationship. And it's about our putting idols in between us and God. What is it that we put out there that keeps us Even though it's well intended that keeps us from our relationship with God. And sometimes those are the rules of the church. Uh, the laws of a particular denomination. Uh, uh, It it could be the rules and laws that we've created in our business or our home uh, that keep us uh, more focused on the rules and laws and law-keeping and rule-keeping than it is about the relationships that we have with each other. If uh, if few were to kind of do... lay your head back, close your eyes, and think back about uh, growing up or about living in your house right now, probably some of the biggest battles have been around rules and the breaking of rules, the setting of rules, the arbitrary nature sometimes that rules are doled out to, to be and do. And if you think carefully about those confrontations that you've had, the relationship has gotten muddled and clouded in the midst of that battle over who's right and who's wrong in terms of the rules that we're trying to keep. And that's what Lent and this story of Jesus in the transfiguration tries to help us get at. Is a time every year because we need it every single year to be reminded that our relationship with God is not about keeping all of the rules perfectly. It's about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That sounds like it ought to put a smile on your face, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And... The rules ought to help us get to that and enjoy that and have fun with that and be okay with that. When the rules get us sideways with people, uh, get us yelling at somebody because they don't follow the particular rule that we think is the most important or they think is the most important, then we've gotten out of step with the whole intent because the whole intent is to love God with everything we are and have and to love our neighbor as ourself. That ought to be a joyful thing. That ought to be a fun thing. That ought to be a creative thing where we find really fun ways to do that and to express that. But down through the ages, every generation has gotten that messed up. And so every year, we go through this process where we're reminded that Jesus comes down from the mountain without a set of rules. He goes right to a young boy and heals him. And he asks the disciples then to follow him in this new kingdom as a new king for all of the earth. So my prayer as we go through this Time of Lent. And Lent's 40 days. It starts this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. We'll have uh, Ash Wednesday services right around noon and right around uh, uh, dinner time, I think four to six or seven, something like that, where you can come in, uh, read through a kind of a little study guide, get the imposition of the ashes. Um, And it marks the beginning of 40 days, which ends on the Easter, which again ought to be a celebration of uh, joy in our relationship with God. Um, But it's a time of reflection. Is there anything I'm putting in between me and God? Is there a rule that I'm trying to keep so drastically that I'm ruining every relationship around me? Is there something I'm holding on to that's causing conflict uh, in my life and with my family and with my friends and with my peers and with folks from other churches? Is there something I'm so uh, attached to that I can't let go of that's making me uh, just miserable? How is God speaking to me? How is God helping me to understand uh, this relationship that he's ushered me into. um, How can I put God in the right place and everything else next to that? Let us pray. God, again, we give you thanks for this day, for um, the opportunity that we have to be here uh, to celebrate your love and your grace. Uh, We again pray for folks all over this world who uh, struggle to do that today. Um, We give you thanks, God, that uh, (laughs) while we search for uh, the right way to live out our faith, that you're, you're calling us to be in relationship with you. And so the right way for me might, might look different than the right way for somebody else. So God, help me to be sensitive to that, okay with that, a non-judgmental about that. Help me to be gracious. Help me to be loving. Help, help me to be uh, kind. Help our church as we witness into this community uh, to share your love and your grace, and guide us, God, as we enter this time of Lent. It's an important time in our lives every year to get recentered. God, help us to do that. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.